Section 66 of Familiar Instructions and Evening Lectures on All the Truths of Religion, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Patrick Randall. Familiar Instructions and Evening Lectures on All the Truths of Religion, Volume 2, by Father Louis de Ségur. The Martyrdom of St. Cecilia, St. Valerian, and St. Tibertius. In the reign of the Emperor Alexander Severus, under the pontificate of St. Urban, in the year 230 of the Christian era, there lived at Rome a young virgin named Cecilia. Rich, noble, and beautiful, Cecilia united to the choicest gifts of nature the still more precious gifts of grace. She was a Christian, though her family was heathen, and the beautiful years of her early youth were passed in prayer, in sweet meditation on the law of God, in the austerities of penance, and in the indefatigable practice of all good works. The book of the Gospels, hidden beneath her robe, rested always on her breast, and burning with a pure and holy love for our Lord Jesus Christ, Cecilia had solemnly vowed to have no other spouse than he. Nevertheless, the time approached when the Christian maiden would have to contend for the power to keep her promise. Incapable of understanding the sublime love which attached the heart of their child to heaven, her parents had sought a husband for her, and the spouse of Christ had been constrained to receive a suitor amongst men. Valerian was the name of the young Roman, destined, in the eyes of the world, to obtain the hand of Cecilia. His nobility, his beauty, the qualities of his mind and heart, all rendered him worthy of such an honor. He had a brother named Tibertius, and rejoiced with this brother, whom he tenderly loved, over the happiness in store for him neither understood the divine nature and the eternal duration of that happiness which Cecilia was to bring to them. The virgin saw with fear the day of her bridal approaching, but also with that superhuman calm which faith alone can give to Christians. She had redoubled her prayers, her alms, and her penances. She wore hair-cloth beneath the rich embroideries of her sumptuous robe, and thus chastised her delicate flesh, and prepared herself for the terrible combats that she would doubtless soon have to sustain for Jesus Christ. Our Lord came to her himself, and in order to give her more courage, he allowed her guardian angel to become visible to her eyes, 
and to promise her, in the name of God, a continual assistance. Nevertheless, the fatal day arrived. The heart of Valerian beat high with joy, and the whole nobility of Rome assisted at the nuptials of the daughter of Cecilius. On the evening of this great day, as soon as Cecilia was alone with Valerian, filled with virtue from on high, she made known to her bridegroom, in sweet and simple words, that she was a Christian, that she had devoted her life to her Lord and Saviour, and that she belonged to herself no more. She added that an angel of God watched over her, and that if Valerian were but willing to enter into her views, this angel would love him even as herself, and would manifest to them both his divine beauty. The young man, troubled by these words, but captivated by the charm of that pure voice, and already secretly touched by the grace of God, answered the virgin, What sayest thou, Cecilia, and how can I believe thy words? Let me, too, see this angel. When I shall have seen him, and shall feel assured that he is an angel of God, then I will obey thee. But if thou lovest a man like unto myself, I will pierce him through with my sword, and will kill thee with him. The virgin replied calmly and sweetly, If thou wilt follow my counsel, if thou wilt purify thyself in the fountain of the waters which spring forth to eternal life, if thou wilt believe in the one only living God who reigns in heaven, thine eyes shall see the holy angel who watches over thy pride. And who will purify me that I may see thy angel? replied Valerian in astonishment. Near here there dwells a holy old man who can purify thee that thou mayest see the angel of God. Where is this old man? Go out from the town. By the third column thou wilt find some of the poor who know me and whom I love. Thou shalt say to them, Cecilia sends me to you. Lead me to the holy old man Urban. Then thou shalt see him and shalt be obedient to his word. He will clothe thee in a new garment and upon thy return thou shalt see the holy angel then become thy friend, and whatever thou shalt ask him he will grant thee. Without any effort, and urged by an unseen power, the young Roman left the virgin, whose chaste accents had completely changed his heart. He went his way in haste, and in the early dawn he reached the catacombs. Brought into the presence of the Pope, St. Urban, 
he related all that had passed. The Pope instructed him in Christianity, spoke to him of Jesus Christ, and answered all his doubts. Whilst he was catechizing him, a venerable old man, in garments of unearthly whiteness, and holding in his hand a gilded book, appeared suddenly in their midst. A bright light shone around his head. It was the great apostle of the pagans, St. Paul, the second pillar of the Roman Church. At this wonderful vision, Valerian, overcome with fear, fell as though lifeless, his face downward to the earth. But he felt himself uplifted, and the great apostle, speaking, said, Read the words of this book, and believe. Thou shalt merit to be purified, and to behold the angel of the most faithful virgin, Cecilia, thy spouse. Valerian raised his eyes, and read this passage. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in us all. Believest thou, said the Apostle, believest thou this? Valerian cried with transport, Nothing is truer under heaven. There is nothing that I believe more firmly. As he spoke these words, the vision disappeared, and he remained alone with the pontiff. Then Urban led to the fountain of salvation him whom heaven itself had instructed. And when he had admitted him to the most sacred mysteries of the faith of Christ, he told him to return to his spouse. She had not left the nuptial chamber, whose very atmosphere seemed laden with a fragrance not of earth. All the night long she had been praying. Valerian, wearing the white robe of the neophytes in which he had just been arrayed, entered Cecilia's chamber, and his reverent gaze fell first upon his kneeling bride. But by her side, his face, all radiant with the light and glory of another world than ours, stood the angel of the Lord, holding in his hands two crowns of lilies and of roses. He placed one upon the head of Cecilia, and the other upon that of Valerian. Merit, he said to them, to preserve these crowns by the purity of your hearts and the sanctity of your bodies. Now, O Valerian, son of the truth of Christ, because thou hast acquiesced in the pure desires of Cecilia, the Son of God has sent me to thee to grant all thy petitions. Valerian, full of gratitude, only asked that the same light which enlightened him might also enlighten and regenerate the soul of his brother. 
Blessed be thou, child of God, replied the angel. God is pleased with thy request. He grants thee the soul of thy dearly loved brother, and soon you shall both be glorified with the palm of martyrdom. No words can express the holy joy of Cecilia and Valerian. Tibertius, desiring to be the first of all to congratulate his brother and his sister, arrived soon afterwards. "'What is the sweet fragrance that fills the room?' he asked. "'It seems as if I were surrounded by lilies and roses, yet the season for these is past.' Valerian immediately took advantage of these words to unveil to him the mysteries of that sacred night. Tibertius could not believe what he heard. Then Cecilia explained to him the truths of Christianity, with all the authority of a tried, undoubting faith, and with that winning grace which accompanied all her words. And at the end of two hours, convinced of the truth, and aspiring after the grace of baptism, Tibertius set forth, accompanied by Valerian, to seek out the holy pontiff in the catacombs. Some months after, summoned before the tribunal of the cruel Almachius, prefect of Rome, who was furious against the Christians, Valerian and Tibertius generously confessed the name of their divine master. Bleeding beneath the lashes of their persecutors, Valerian cried to all present in a ringing voice, Romans, my brothers, be firm in the faith. Let not the sight of my torments shake your courage. Confess the truth. Everything in this world passes by, pain as well as pleasure. Fix your hearts on him who alone abides forever, the Christ, the Son of the living God. He alone is the Lord, and the Roman idols are but wood and stone. Condemned to be beheaded the two brothers were conducted out of Rome. Upon the way, they spoke of the true God to the centurion Maximus, who accompanied them, and gained him over to Jesus Christ. They passed the night in a house close to the place of suffering. There Cecilia came to them for a last farewell. Aided by Valerian and Tibertius, she preached to the soldiers. All asked for baptism. Priests sent by her instructed and baptized these new children of God. The night was passed in prayer, in acts of thanksgiving, in touching farewells. At the dawn of day, the sacrifice of the two noble martyrs was consummated. Their bleeding heads 
had fallen at the feet of the statue of Jupiter. Maximus followed their example without delay. Having refused to lend his aid in the cruel martyrdom of the two heroes, he was cited before the bar of Almachius. There he confessed Jesus Christ, and the prefect had him killed immediately with the stripes of loaded scourges. Filled with holy pride at such triumphs as these, Cecilia herself preserved the sacred remains of her husband, of her brother, and of Maximus, and the Pope St. Urban placed them with honor in the crypts of the catacombs. Cecilia, knowing that her hour was near, prepared herself with fervor for the combat. She gave the rest of her possessions to the poor. She preached Jesus Christ with renewed ardor, and during these last days of her life she gained over to the Christian faith more than four hundred persons, whom the pontiff came to baptize himself in the house of the Virgin, the spouse of Christ. It was in the midst of these holy works that she was summoned to appear at the Praetorium. It was on the 19th of November that Cecilia, attired as the ladies of the Roman nobility upon festival days, presented herself at the tribunal. "'What is thy name?' demanded the cruel prefect, enraged at the sight of so gentle yet so fearless a victim. "'Amongst men I am called Cecilia,' replied the virgin, but Christian is my noblest name. What is thy condition? I am a native of Rome, of a noble and patrician race. Of that I am aware. It is of thy religion that I question thee. Then thy interrogation was inexact, since it required two answers. And whence comes thy assurance? asked Almachius, greatly disconcerted. From a pure conscience and an undoubting faith in the Christ, the Son of God. Knowest thou not, proud woman, that our divine emperors have given me power over thy life or death? Art thou ignorant that it is forbidden to confess that name? Firmness is not pride, replied Cecilia. Thy emperors are in error as well as thyself. Their law proves our innocence. If it were a crime to confess this name, should we be willing to suffer for an evil cause? If thou didst not fear to hear the truth, I would point out to thee besides that thou hast just uttered an undoubted falsehood. How so? said the astonished prefect. Thou saidst that thy princes had given thee power over life and death. 
Thou hast lied in saying that. I lied, repeated Almachius in bewilderment. Yes, answered Cecilia. Thou hast only power over death. Thou canst kill, but canst thou give or restore life? Say, therefore, that thy emperors have made thee the minister of death, but nothing more. Almachius restrained his fury. Miserable woman, he said, forsake these vain chimeras. Thou hast fallen into error, and thy example seduces others. Why shouldst thou prefer to suffer when thou canst enjoy pleasures and riches? Thou speakest like a man of little wisdom, said the virgin with severe majesty. Thou art ignorant of what thou sayest. For us, children of the light, we know the truth. We prepare ourselves by work for the rest that is to come. We live, it is true, in poverty and penance. But the day is coming when we shall reap the fruit of our sacrifices. To suffer and to die for Jesus Christ is to us a gain. We shall rejoice forever. But those who in their blindness now triumph and rejoice shall weep for all eternity. Then, replied the prefect, we and our invincible emperors shall have for our heritage nothing but eternal woe. Thou and thy princes, cried Cecilia, are you not men, and must you not die? God shall judge you, and you shall render to him a terrible account for your power. Enough of this said the prefect, beside himself with anger, and pointing to the statues of Jupiter, of Mars, and of Romulus. Sacrifice to the gods, he said, or thou shalt die. To the gods, said Cecilia gravely, art thou blind? Where seest thou gods? For my part, I see nothing but stones sculptured by the hand of man. And for two talents of gold, I will make thee as many of these gods as thou shalt desire. God is in heaven. Since thou hast been speaking to me, thou hast said nothing of which I have not shown thee the falsity and the injustice. Do with me what shall please thee? The Christ is in my heart, and he will enable me to triumph over the whole universe. Trembling with rage, he ordered the Christian maiden to be led back to her own house. Executioners followed her with orders to suffocate her with the flaming vapor of the cauldron belonging to the bath. Almachius feared a mutiny if she should suffer in public. The virgin was shut up within this hall 
which is still to be seen at Rome. During the whole of the day and the night, her executioners urged on the fires of the cauldron in vain. Like the young Hebrews in the burning furnace of Babylon, Cecilia, miraculously preserved, sang the praises of God and enjoyed the freshness of a celestial dew. Almachius learned this miracle with terror. In dismay, he sent a lictor with orders to cease from useless efforts and to cut off the head of this woman whom the fire could not harm. The executioner struck three times, but his hands faltered and failed to deal out death, and so he fled, leaving Cecilia stretched bleeding on the flagstones of the bath. The holy martyr lived three days, dying in slow agony. Surrounded by the poor, of whom she was the mother, she preached Jesus Christ to them with her dying breath. The Pope, St. Urban, received her last sighs. Before now she had given her house to the Roman Church, desiring that it should be changed into a Christian sanctuary. The Pope, out of respect for this holy body, would not allow anyone to touch it, but placed it himself in a coffin of Cyprus, in the same posture in which it had been left by the blessed soul of the virgin martyr when it had taken its flight to the bosom of God. It was carried with due solemnity to the catacombs, and laid near to the bodies of St. Valerian, St. Tibertius, and St. Maximus. About three hundred years after, during the pontificate of Clement the Eighth, it was found intact. It was lying on the right side, the hands clasped and near to the knees, the head cut by the sword and turned to the ground. It was clothed in a white robe, richly embroidered in gold. Cloths, stained with blood, were at the feet of the virgin martyr. Her precious relics were then united to those of her husband, his brother, St. Maximus, and St. Urban, and transported to the Basilica of St. Cecilia at Rome. It is the very house in which Cecilia died. They are venerated beneath the high altar of this celebrated church, and forty lamps burn night and day before them. The 22nd of November is the feast of St. Cecilia. May this holy virgin deign to pray for our country and obtain for it the grace of faith, of conversion, and of final perseverance. End of section 66